It's raining men. Hallelujah, it's raining men. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's the theme of today's episode of Till Death Hit Restart. Yeah. I'm Leif Johnson. I'm Susie Stewart. And welcome to our podcast, everybody. We're going to be discussing the game by Voltage called Thief X. Thief uh, X. Yeah, it has a subtitle, but I don't remember it. Uh, does it? I don't know. It's probably something about the thief who steals your heart or something really stupid like that. Yeah, I think it, it might not even be a subtitle, maybe just like a tagline. Right. Uh, the thief who steals so your heart. So this is a Otome game, a dating sim, specifically for, uh, yeah, yeah. for girls, I guess. I mean, dating sim is a little... It's a, a visual generous. novel. Yes, it's a visual novel. It's Love Letter from Thief X is the full name. There we go. Yes. So, I guess I have more experience playing Otome games. You do. So let me lay this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Otome games are Japanese visual novels or dating sims, specifically for women and girls. Um, dating sims have a bad rap, typically, because a lot of dating sims are aimed at boys or men, and they're really gross, right? Uh, you Yeah, you win when you see some titties. Yeah, usually the, the focus or the goal on dating sims for men is sex or getting the girl into bed or... Uh, more sleazy uh, motives. Whereas Otome games are dating games specifically made for women mm-hmm. and they are a lot more subtle. Uh, in fact, you might not even get your first kiss with the boy you're interested in until the very end of the story. Uh, you'll spend you'll spend weeks, months, in-game chasing in case, after this guy. Not, we're not even sure if, if he really likes you or not, right? So, well, in this case, I slept with my guy. You but it slept with your guy? It was really just... Whoa! Sure did. You had... It was kind of a... He, he Wait, was kind you of having like a tough moment. You had sex or you just slept about... in the same bed together? What? Oh, we had sex. It was very much... It was just implied. Uh, but it was wow. clear that the deed had been done. It was like a... Yeah, it was like it was. It was also the first time we kissed. <laughs> just an all or nothing, of... huh? <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Well, it was. We were. You know, the tension had been building, and then he kind of was having a hard night. He was worried about his mom, <laughs> okay, so, and then I came. Okay, so I came to let's comfort back him. up a little bit. Um... And then I just figured I might as well stop there because it was clearly <laughs> so, the goal, right? Who cares so, about the last two chapters? Otome games come in two flavors. They usually come in visual novels where you have very little control over the game or the story outcome uh but what you might what you do get to do is choose your response so your guy will say something to you and you can say something nice or something snotty or something sort of non-committal uh and what each guy likes depends on you know well it depends on the guy and most visual novels have two endings you know, the good ending and the best ending. Uh, so those are visual novels. Uh, there's also more 
gameplay versions where you have to raise your stats, you have to go to school, you have to get good grades, you have to join an after-school club, you have to attend that, get a part-time job, and also hang out with your friends, and also ask a boy out on a date and figure out what he likes. Does he like going to the museum? Does he like going to the castle? Does he like going to the bowling alley? And trying to figure out what type of clothes you should buy, what kind of accessories he thinks looks good on you. And you have three years in high school. Like the classic example is to to Toki Tokimeki Memorial. Toki there's Memorial. a there's a version for guys. There's games there's but the more popular, more modern ones are for women. I was I'm a huge fan of that game style, but as far as I know, there's really only one that satisfies well, Toki, kind of all those requirements, or most most it's most of those requirements, and oh, Toki. I guess I've did they translate any of the know, ones for guys into maybe. English? I was gonna say Persona, specifically Persona Three and Four. Yeah, you so imagine have to spend a lot of time dating people, yeah. but there's no imagine sex all this stuff. Yeah, so it's very sad. It's the sort of game I like a dating sim that you could play and not like quickly shut it down when somebody right. walks in the room. Yeah, so Persona's like Tokimiki Memorial except remove all of the stuff that's not about dating. So Toke Miki Memorial, the original Japanese version for dudes, uh, does not look like it ever was translated into English officially. There may be a fan mod translation, but I doubt it. So I wonder about Toke Toke Miki Memorial 2. Let's see. No. I bet if you if you said on the on a forum or something like, "Hey, I, can I get a dating sim for guys that doesn't have any nudity?" in it, you'll be met with the internet uh, equivalent of blank, confused stares. <laughs> so it doesn't look like any of the ones aimed at boys have come out in English. I guess I guess I should preface that with none of the ones for girls have come out have been officially translated in English but either. The fans. But the fans have translated it. So there's a very active Otome uh, fan scene that when uh, distributors won't pick up games, Otome games, they'll fan translate. And these projects will take years because there's only one or two person doing the best they can in their time off to translate very text-heavy games. This is only getting... Actually, we're seeing more and more Otome games getting brought over to America and getting translated in English because distributors are now realizing that uh, women in the U.S. are asking for these games. And yeah, I think Steam's full of them. Steam's full of them. Uh, there's indie ones. You know, there's there, we always joke, right? Because you'll see the American version, the American Otome <laughs> games, and uh, then I mean, you'll, you can spot that, oh, that American artist aping the Japanese yeah, style. Yeah, trying to do away. the manga style, and you're like. Maybe even the art is okay, but there's something about it, and you're like, that is definitely an American it's or definitely a Westerner trying to do a manga style, and they're just, yeah. Yeah, it kind of hits right in the uncanny valley. Something's of, not right. It's just not quite there. Right. It's maybe not a big deal, depending on. For uh, me, it is, actually. Uh, it, I, I prefer Westerners to do Western style art and not to do this weird. No, there is one. Stuff. There's um, actually a great game, looking game. I haven't played it myself. That is very much the. Uh, they've just completely adopted a Western style, almost a Victorian style. Yeah. Of a, something of a dating. I think it's a dating. No, Tammy. No, there's okay, one called Cinders. There's one called Dangerous High School Girls in Trouble. Okay. Which is 
the first image that comes to mind is some re- like over the top uh, anime high school girls, but it's actually like I think set in a New England or English private school in okay. like the early twentieth century or something like that. But it's it's a very fresh take on that genre, as far as I could tell. Maybe you should look that one up sometime. Yeah, well, there's a really good Tumblr called English Otome Games. It's actually just EnglishOtomeGames.net, and it points to their Tumblr. Mm-hmm. And they do a really good job of keeping track of all the Otome games that either come out for Vita, 3DS, or mobile apps for your phones. And there are actually a lot of Otome games being pushed to iOS and Android within just in the last two years. And one of those major companies is Voltage. And Voltage is very, very popular in Japan. In fact, they always have a huge booth at the Tokyo Game Show where women can line up and uh, a handsome man, you know, they do that wall slap and they'll (laughs) lean over the woman and then they'll say something, you know, saucy to him. Two years ago, they had very attractive women dressed up because apparently one of the games was um, very attractive women in suits. And this wasn't a boys dating oh, sim. Yeah, this yeah. was a dating sim for women where you could date very good-looking women in suits. And they had... Yeah, literally because had, men are scary. Yes. They're intimidating. Yes. Uh, so they had... So especially to a Japanese gal. So they had a... They, as part of the Voltage exhibit, they I think they had a bed uh, with a very beautiful woman dressed up in a business suit that you could like go sit on the bed with her and talk to her. No. Yeah. So I mean there's this this is this is a very popular thing in Japan. It's coming over to America and uh what so usually you download the app and you download the app on your phone, for example. We'll talk yeah, we about we both play this on the Android. Store. Yes. And you get the game for free, right? But and you get to always play the prologue for free, where you get introduced to, you know, six to eight young beautiful men who all have distinct quote unquote personalities. But let's be honest, they all quote fall unquote, in those uh, personality uh, character like characterizations that you see in manga and anime. Oh, yeah. uh, and you get to know everybody's name, and then you can choose a character, and you can always read the first character's chapter for free. So you can kind of get to know him, and if you don't like him, you can be like, eh, that was dumb. I'm not buying his route. I'm going to check out this other guy. Okay, I like him. And then that's the point you spend $4 to unlock his whole route. And, you know, it took us about two and a half to three hours to play through a whole route. So you That was a free route. Oh, I just thought of a great uh, no, analogy. No, a free route. Yeah, I didn't pay once. Yeah, you did. What do you mean? No, I didn't. You didn't pay $4? I didn't pay a thing. How did you not pay 4 I don't understand. I don't know. Okay, well, and you... And I was never prompted for money. You got to play all of Hero's route without paying money? Yeah. No, well, not Hero, but uh, Kenshi, but yeah. Kenshi? Because I had to pay $4 for Takudo... And I've paid four dollars in the pet. Typically, I don't know what Leaf did. Leaf hacked the I, Matrix. I found it. I broke through. Uh, but typically, you pay four dollars, so you get to read the first chapter, and then you have to pay four dollars to read the rest of the that young man's story. Uh, I thought of a great analogy a minute ago for the the character archetypes. Yeah. 
it's like the at Valentine's Day. It's like the little, the little Russell Stover heart box of chocolates. Yeah. So there's like six chocolates. Oh, yeah. So you never know which six you're gonna get, but you always recognize them. You're like, oh yeah, that's the that's the ch- coconut. That's the caramel yeah. nougat. That's that the one's cherry. Like the cherry cherry cordial. Yeah. I know these. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen these six particular ones together this way before, but I right. know all of these. Right. So. That's how I think what it's like. So you're paying four dollars for about two to three hours of entertainment so that's just over a dollar an hour i guess it's not my my rule of thumb is always like a dollar an hour is a good value for video games so this is a little under my ratio but the nice thing about voltage games is that if you put in your email address oh yeah you'll get emails from the boys and if you don't pound through the game all in one night you'll get you get it like an email for each chapter so if you play one chapter a day, you're going to get an email a day from one of the boys, mostly your boy, but you might get some from his friends or whatever, uh, his boss or something. Um, so there is that. This is strange little... Maybe an email from the police looking for the boy. <laughs> so, so, and each boy has a very different storyline. So I'll let you talk. So we played Love Letter from Thief X, and who did you choose? I chose Kenshi, but I just want to sort of let people know that when we were picking this game, Susie oh, yeah. told me she she said Voltage is, is a good brand of games to the choose from. The art's always good. The art's always good. It's solid. Their stories are good. They've got an established system. And when I say the said, stories are good, I mean I thought it was I thought it was entertaining. Oh, if well, I had if I had managed to pay four dollars for that, I would have been satisfied. Okay, well we'll get to mine. This is mine that, uh, that I played last night was easily the worst Otome uh, game uh, story I've ever. But I still enjoyed it. But anyway, continue. So uh, Susie pre- presented a list to me. She said, "Let's choose a theme of which game we're gonna play. Why don't you choose from this list: princes, teachers, high school boys, butlers, bodyguards, thieves, demons, cops, J-pop stars, bosses, pirates, and samurai." and I tell you, I looked at the store, and that is not even a complete list. Voltage is working hard, cranking these games out. Well, there's a lot of overlap, so I was trying to make the list condense and not confusing. Sure. So. so we chose Thieves. But, um, so let me say, I picked, there's a, yeah, there's about six, yeah, there are six characters to pick from. There's, you, you in the prologue, you're introduced to the Black Foxes, which is a group of beautiful young men who are thieves, who are thieves for, they specifically get... Uh, riled up if you call them criminals because they steal for a good cause. They steal art back which has been wrongfully taken and return it to its rightful owners. There's kind of a kind of a leader type who I didn't get to spend too much time with, uh, Riki. There's a real bastard, Takuto, who's just mean <laughs> just mean to you. Takuto. Susie I Susie went for him. Um there's Hero, who I almost went for. He's like a he's a he's a real beautiful guy, but he's also super gregarious and kind of flirty. Um, he has a bright colored shirt on. There's Kenshi, who's kind of the serious, serious but kind. He's the older, older brother, brother type. type. Yeah, I went for him. There was the their quote unquote boss, who's a sort of a long haired guy with a goatee, who's real, real goofy and real flighty, and really is always bugs everybody about how seriously he takes horoscopes. 
Um, definitely a goofy guy. And then the a character you don't meet in the prologue, but you do get the option of choosing his route, is your childhood friend, who is a detective who is trying to catch the black box. And you learn about him pretty early on in the story, like first chap- second chapter. So, so I'm, I, you know, of any of the other boys' stories. So Kenshi, I, I, you spend time with all of them, and uh, my time with Kenshi, I've quickly found out that he's pretty much the one with the actual strongest moral code. He's the like, firefighter, right? Yeah, he lives like a freaking angel. Like he, his he helps his mom out at the restaurant when you know when it's appropriate. His mom owns a restaurant. He works as a firefighter by day. He has the most adheres most strongly to the code of they only steal art when it's righteous they never do it for money but sometimes they do get paid all the money he gets he you know keeps some for living but the rest of it he donates to his his childhood friends um nursery well see this is a different specific you have a a different story this is specifically your story yeah it's a nursery for children who have for orphans who have lost their parents in accidents like fires and stuff so everything he does is just so you know perfect like what a great guy what a great guy <laughs> um and he also doesn't you really go you really d- went for the nice guy huh and he's um when people are like you should his, his mom was like you should date girls he's like i don't want i don't have time for dating he's too busy uh, being a thief yeah i quickly picked up on him that i figured the best way when it came whenever people because you spend a lot of time with him because theoretically you're in his custody because you're for your safety the black boxes are keeping you around actually they need your fingerprints for a big plot issue which i don't know if that was part of yours at all uh only very tangentially at the very end was it part of yours yeah the fingerprints thing was a big deal okay so it really was not a big deal for mine Mm. Uh, the he um god i don't remember what i was going with that yeah, oh, whenever people tease you about, you two looks, are you dating? Like, what's up with you? Do you like each other? Pretty much, though, I felt like the way to get close to him was to always say, was to deny it. So we'd both be like, no, definitely, there's definitely nothing. Uh, we're just friends. <laughs> and, he's like, and he'd be like, and he'd blush and be like, yeah, we're, we're just friends. Yeah. You, you know, be on the same level. Because there's a lot of times I could have chosen to basically embarrass him by saying, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, we're definitely doing it. <laughs> See, and that works for Takuto. Yeah, I'm sure, because he's such a... He's, he's such, such a hard. dick, so if you're a dick back <laughs> to him or a dick about it... uh Age him on his level. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I spent a lot of time with Kenshi, and we just sort of naturally grew close. There's a lot of great... There's all these moments in these games that are kind of... Where it's almost like the situation itself will just naturally draw two people close together, mm-hmm. as, long, as long as they don't have clashing personalities. Yep. Like... I had to, I got a job as a waitress at the restaurant and I was supposed to wear a kimono, but I did never, I didn't know how to put on a kimono and none of the other waitresses <laughs> would help me. So he helped me put on your my kimono, which is frankly not a thing that you can do easily without having it be a bit intimate. Oh man. Or there's are, a moment. Boys are blowing up or we're going to have a lot of bloops. Hold on. Oh yeah. Is that going to show up? Yeah. Our... Hold on. I got to silence my phone because it's showing up. Okay, back to the podcast. Yes. So there is another moment where I was in the... So there's definitely uh, some bath bath scenes. Yep. You've got to have a good bath scene. You always scene. have to have a good bath scene in a, in really a, in a dating the, sim. Yeah, I really like that there's a bath scene. In this case, it was... I went in the bath. 
and I turned off the light because it was so peaceful. So naturally, Kenshi almost walked in on me. Of course. He thought was in there, but then he's like, okay, I'm just going to take care of some laundry in the area that the kind of the airlock into the into the bathroom. Right. And um, he was like, okay, I'll just, you know, so he hadn't actually, you know, walked in on me. And then he, because he was so exhausted from his firefighter work, he passed out in there and I couldn't leave because I <laughs> you was were naked. naked. Even though he was asleep and I probably could just slip by him, grab a towel, I ended right. up passing out in the bath. And then he was all concerned about right. me. And yeah, you know, so we grew together a little bit that way. <laughs> There's some other great scenes. So by the end of it, I basically through a series of scenes like this, we just naturally grew closer. I felt like it was pretty easy to, you know, like it just happened naturally. We just spent so much time together and we had basically similar personalities. And yeah, so like I said, we ended up sleeping together in the 14th out of 16 chapters. And then we were kind of... There was a little bit of, of awkwardness after that, but we quickly got over it because I was like, oh, I understand this was just... I guess you don't... You know, because he didn't want to appear weak, and so I was like, no, it's okay to appear weak. I'll just forget about it. And then and then he cried a little, and then we kissed, and then we, you know, did the deed. <laughs> and I was the next day I was like, don't worry. As I promised, I forgot all about it. And he's like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> How and then when you, you? Pick up that co- you pick up that conversation later, it's like, um, I didn't want you to forget about the fact that we had sex with each other. <laughs> I love you. And you're like, oh, I love you too. This is weird. Wait, what? Yeah. Boy, feelings. What are those all about? <laughs> and then we were, you know, had a bit of wrap up. We were all lovey-dovey with each other. And then I was like, I'm going to stick around with the Black Foxes because they're good people and they've got good motivations. So you were stealing art to give to his nur- to make money for his nursery? There was one so he so they don't steal for money, but yeah. they sometimes get money because the people who they're returning this stuff to, it's not always art either. The people they are returning this stuff to are very grateful and sometimes Oh, and they have well. a reward. So sometimes they reward them okay. and then what they do with that money is up to themselves, but Kenshi tends to donate, make anonymous donations okay. to a Swiss, Swiss bank account to the nursery okay. where his friend works because he wants to support his friend and, you know, because it's something that's very, a very personal issue to him. Because can I tell you about my storyline? Yes, I basically wrapped up all the important stuff about my storyline. So, line, my so. storyline is, okay, so you forgot a very, maybe this is different in your game than it yeah. was in mine. Oh, no, because you learn about it in the very beginning. Apparently, your grandfather is like, they keep calling him the Leonardo da Vinci of Japan. Yeah, he was a big inventor. He was a big inventor and artist. Uh, yeah. So keep that in mind. Um, and this is, I guess, I don't know, Japanese grandpa could have been 120 years old when he died. I don't know. So who knows? He's a great, he's a great grandpa. Oh, he's your great grandpa. Okay, still, he could have been like a billion years old. Um they don't really give you any time frame they just say like you know he was so inventive da 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 they put a year on my game on what date his the his most plot line specific okay uh, invention was which is like nearly 19 like 1901 oh yeah no that's right yep 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 well okay because i get into that because they talk about his uh 
<laughs> he apparently has a, a lockbox in a New York, very secure bank in New York that dates back to like 1925 or something. Um, but so I went for Takuto, who is because I always go for the computer nerd and the computer nerds are always dour and standoffish and don't have any people skills. Yeah, he was the Intel guy. Yeah, so so flatly calls you an idiot to your face. Always, all the time. Um, but he did kiss me really early on. I think like chapter four, he he walks me home because right they're like at the beginning of the game, like which boy do you want? Like, basically they say you're this guy's you your you're, you're this guy's granddaughter. We're the black foxes. We're looking for your granddad's great granddad's art and inventions to keep them safe from like the black market and profiteers etc etc uh and now you're one of us whether you like it or not so which handsome young man do you want to keep watch over you uh you have to pick one and I picked Takudo and he was not happy about it at all <laughs> um, and I don't know why any woman in her right mind would ever pick this young man um no, when you, all... do you want to say what you told me when I uh, said you picked the jerk? I said, "Well, he was the sundere, and I, you know, I have a weakness for sunderes, right?" Because so you said you have a, you get a satisfaction. Yeah, out of you get a. He's the biggest jerk for you at the end of the game to, to turning... tell you how much he loves you. Yes, it's no big mush pie. Turning the big, big, beautiful pile of mush at the very end. It's very rewarding, but I would never date a guy like that in real life because that's not <laughs> how it works in real life. Men <laughs> who are jerks when you meet them continue to be jerks well after you date them um, but this is why these are fantasy games uh, so I pick Takuto and he, I think at one point he's walking me home because he's my body, bodyguard and they always like oh she's your, he's your babysitter they were always I don't know if they refer to him as your babysitter yeah a little bit uh, but Takuto is walking me home and he's really hungry Oh, so one of the things our characters, my character and Takuto always did was they always ordered the same thing at the same time. And that was, <laughs> everyone always loved that. And they just started like calling us the husband and wife comedy pair because we'd always order the same thing at the same time and then argue about it. Uh, so we looked like a real comedy team. Well, I, I let him into my house to feed him because he his parents, he lives in a big house by himself. I don't know where his parents are. He hates his parents, so I don't know what he eats. So I bring him into my house. I cook him dinner. He says it's okay. Uh, okay, so I did the same thing. I picked the hot, cold jerk in the J-pop version where you're, like, living with the with the boy band and mm. um, you're writing their songs for them. Uh, what, one of the things that these these hot, cold boys do will, like, you'll cook for them and then they'll say they don't like it or it doesn't taste it any good and then they'll still eat the whole like thing and have seconds because they're jerks and they don't want to compliment you or be nice to you ever but you know they like it because they eat the whole thing plus more so he eats the whole thing plus more and then he just goes in for a kiss I can't remember why he just kisses me and I'm like what the hell just happened there wow he's really rushing it and then pretty much from that point He's always flirting with me in a really weird way. Like we go everywhere together and like we go we go get some food. We're like eating corn dogs somewhere. Yeah. And 
oh no, we're eating churros. And we each get two different flavors of churros. And I feed a bite to him. And then he feeds a bite to me. And even my character is like, this is something people are dating. This is what people are dating do. What are we <laughs> doing? Like, we're not boyfriend and girlfriend. This is so weird. And then I take a bite of his churro and he says, you just like putting stuff in your mouth, don't you? And he always says this really sexually, these sexual innuendos out loud for everyone to hear. And then he, smir <laughs> and then he smirks. And then my character's like, would you stop saying things that can be taken out of context so loudly all the time? So he knows what he's doing. But anytime he, you hold his hand or like try to kiss him, he blushes and like gets all weird and awkward. So, so he's a real douchebag. Because <laughs> this is how douchebags flirt, right? He doesn't like, like it when you take control. Well, he just doesn't like being intimate, but he likes giving you a hard time sexually. For, and it's not like, yeah, it's not yeah. like it was never so over the top that it made me, me as a woman playing this game uncomfortable because there is a certain boundary. Like there are moments in particular fantasies with particular types of guys where this might be the sort of thing a gal might like but yeah. there's a really careful line to not cross when writing stories like this where yeah. he gets too sleazy or too creepy or too explicit um so unlike you we ended up sleeping in the same bed in a hotel together but we did not ever have sex not through the whole storyline but let me tell you how bananas my storyline is we're doing all these heists stealing all this art looking for grandpa's art turns out grandpa painted two pictures of dolphins and when you tilt them the right way and look at a black light you see a code takudo spends half of the game trying to break this code you break the code and you realize it leads you to research on an extinct species of dolphins that were poisonous okay. Uh, -huh. uh enter right. enter the nemesis of the black foxes in this particular storyline. He's also trying to figure out crack the mystery of these extinct poisonous dolphins that your grandpa was on to for some reason. And it you eventually get led to you know you go to a bank in New York and you find some more information and eventually you go to a lab back in Tokyo where you find out Takudo's parents have been working on this extinct species of dolphin for some reason. Um, yeah. They're cloning them or something. Gonna weaponize these dolphins. And they have all apparently all these Petri dishes just laying out, uncovered, whatever. And you're trying That's to find the secret and the nemesis... The nemesis shows up and you fall down and this petri dish splashes on your arm and now you're dying. You turn into a poison dolphin. Now you're dying because dolphin extinct dolphin poison touched you. Jeez. And then this is where Takudo cracks the mystery. He hacks the mainframe oh, and he gosh. finds that his parents were actually fi trying to figure trying to figure out an antidote for this poison because. Because apparently someone is trying to weaponize these extinct poisonous dolphins. <laughs> I don't know. The story's really convoluted. Apparently someone's... It's a really good poison. <laughs> someone's trying to weaponize these extinct dolphins, bring them back to life, and weaponize their poison. And Takudo's parents 
apparently are still trying to find the antidote to so nothing like that could ever happen. He finds the antidote. Oh, but not before you get locked in a freezer together. This is classic manga crap. You get locked in a freezer and you gotta hold each other to stay warm and you're worried you might die until someone comes and saves you. So he finds me the antidote, but now we're locked in a freezer. And then the rest of the black foxes come find us. We're safe. I'm no longer dying of poison. Oh, there was also a worry. If he kisses me while I'm poisoned, he might also get poisoned because the poison transfers by body fluid. But he was willing to take that risk, and he kissed me. But it was okay because we had the antidote. And then at the very end, we found one more clue. Um, and it led us to Grandpa's old summer house on a lake. Where, and this is where my fingerprints come into play. He used to watch the dolphins. I put my fingerprints on the biometric scanner, and it unlocks a do hidden door to the basement. And Takudo and I go down in the basement, and there's like this three-story painting of dolphins, these extinct dolphins. Mm -hmm. And then Takudo can't tell me he he tries really hard, tries so hard, but he can't say the L word. He cannot say he loves me. But I'm like, it's okay, I know, it's okay, I know you love me. He does kind of say it a little bit, but I'm like, don't worry, I love you. And then you kiss there, and that's the end of the story. And then, a few minutes later, you get an email in your real-world inbox from Takudo saying, I know it's so strange, even though we just saw each other, for me to see, send you an email, but I just wanted to tell you I love you. And then, depending on what name you put into the game, I put in my own name, Susie. It says, Susie, I love you, from Takudo. So, so that's how they work in that email thing, right? But what the fuck? What the hell? <laughs> like the okay, story so... was so convoluted, poisonous, extinct. We're stealing art to find clues, to find information on an extinct poisonous dolphin, and the antidote. Oh, okay, oh. So I have to say that my plot line was similar, and that we were kind of basically trying to find a thing that somebody's trying to weaponize. But it made more sense because. It was just, we were trying to find Grandpa's plans for nuclear power that he came up with like 50 years before anybody else did. Well, that's not what the and they were trying to take it and turn that into a bomb. It's like nuclear, you know, good, nuclear energy, bad, nuclear bomb. Pretty cut and dried. So they, this is the thing. Grandpa apparently had figured out how to clone dolphins. 50 years before anybody else like, learned how to clone dolphins. you know, dolphins. in the late 1800s. I'm like, yeah. so that was one thing. I was like, they're like, oh, Grandpa had these cells. Grandpa isolated these cells. I'm like, no, he did not. <laughs> I don't care how much of he is Japan's Leonardo da Vinci. I can tell you for certain <laughs> that Grandpa was not isolating cells to clone dolphins. <laughs> this, is, this is where I think Thief X is a little off the rails as opposed to, like, the J-pop one or... Yeah. You know, Thief X is a little silly. It's a little out there. Some of these other dating games are a little oh, bit more fine. believable. They wanted to, all they wanted to say was that grand, Great Grandpa was ahead of the curve. They just really put him a little too far ahead of the curve for the suspension of disbelief. Yeah, yeah. It would have like, made more sense like, if it was your dad and not your Great Grandpa. What I thought was kind of funny about mine, except that it was fairly cut and dried, except that it was like, I was like, what's the point? Like, Grandpa found out a way to make nuclear energy. I'm like, well, we already have that now. But somebody wants to take this and make a bomb. I'm like, well, we well, already have those. I mean, that's already a real problem in today's and world. They, and they, there was never any dialogue that was like, 
this nuclear bomb that you could make with grandpa's plans will be 40 times more than any other nuclear bomb. Yeah. So it's extra important. It's just like, it'll be a, another, I guess it would, I mean, I don't know how secret the technique is to making nuclear warheads. I feel like the major, uh, I don't holding, think it's secret. I think, I think it's the major point, material. I think the major point that hold, yeah, that holds back any countries that want it, but don't have it. Uh, it's just materials. Yeah. Not, you know, they're not super prolific. So, I so that's that's very interesting. I could see a lot of parallels in our stories, but I made him uh, a little list of all these interests because we played this game yesterday. So I wanted to make sure I wrote down some points that I thought were funny or interesting about the game. So at one point, there's a screenshot on the uh, of me talking to Kenji, mm-hmm. and I look at my phone. So the black boxes have a logo, which is kind of like a little one-eyed yeah. box silhouette that's it's it serves as the loading mm-hmm. animation. Yep. That logo is on my phone. It said, like, it was up in the top, right? Like, it was a Fox phone. And it was my phone. There's never part of the story where I got a phone from them. So, I'm like, what is... uh, If these Foxes are so worried about their secret identity, why does my phone have their logo on it? Why am I walking around with their secret thief logo (laughs) and my notification bar at all times? Oh, so... I don't know. Takuto hacks my phone and reprograms it. So Yeah, so he probably so he probably did and it wasn't mentioned, but if you look at the context, then Takuto added that to my phone. Yeah. I that's definitely he, a thing Takuto does to my phone is he he cracks it and he starts putting all sorts of tracing stuff on it so that way they always know where you are. So if you get kidnapped <laughs> or something, yeah. uh okay. they know they can keep tabs on you or if you try to run away, gonna... they'll come capture you, you know. Over the the app is <laughs> an always odd notification symbol that just happens to be the secret thief logo. <laughs> Great job, guys. <laughs> you know, a, when you're another... that pretty, there's no point in being subtle. Yeah, we're... <laughs> yeah, no joke. There was another fun thing uh, that I noticed is when at the character descriptions, when you pick them at the beginning of the game, it kind of breaks down some of their jobs. Right. So one of the descriptions for Kenshi was Sniper. <laughs> That never, never comes came up. into play. He w- was he was in military training school to join the National Guard, right. but he was never in the service. He doesn't st- he don't kill any no, anybody. Nobody gets they killed. They don't really hurt people no. either. He's definitely not the guy. He's not even watching the uh, scene from afar through a telescope. He does zero anything that resembles sniping. So, eh, I don't know. I think they sort of glossed over that well, one. Well, I mean... Maybe they just thought Sniper oh, is like un- kind of a personality character. Did Uncharted 4 come out today? Okay, hold on. I have to buy Uncharted... Oh, no, we'll do it when we get home. I told Graham I would buy Uncharted 4 if he'd come over and play it. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't... I was like, it's about to come out soon. Um, because I like watching Graham play Uncharted. Yeah, I'm excited to see my handsome boy, Nathan Drake. I would never date him in real life. He's a monster. Fucking prick. He is... Talk about about a perfect (laughs) guy for a dating sim. Like, the type of guy who you're like, boy, he sure is nice to look at and has these crazy adventures, but no part of me ever would want anything to do with someone like him in real life. He's... (laughs) I mean, like, his... I take it we're back in the podcast. Yeah, I mean, his dickishness is... (laughs) 
His dickishness is uh, endearing in the context of the Uncharted series, but you know, if you had to deal <laughs> with someone like that in real life or if you're a real person, you'd be like, this man is a war international war criminal and thief. I think that very first scene in like the first game where he's like, ah, oh, he finds like an ancient treasure. He's like, yes, this old thing, blah, blah, blah. It's thousands of years old. Then he smashes it on the floor. I'm like, I hate this <laughs> I hate guy. this man. I will never not hate this man. I mean, he's the male version of Laura Croft, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what... She was... A... <laughs> yeah, she's she... Laura, Laura Croft, the quote-unquote archaeologist. Yeah, no. Yeah. It, that was... that they tried, they tried to convince you that she's an archaeologist, but she never was. Not even well, like, from game I mean, one. I think in the original game, she was more... Her primary profession was wolf slayer. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger killer. Um... So where were we? Uh, so, so I just wanted to throw a quick little point that I thought was interesting is how anytime the scene gets really intense or there's like a heist going on, mm-hmm. it sounds pretty much like PlayStation era Final Fantasy battle. It right? is, and we we had two two copies going in the same room with the vo- <laughs> the volume. You know, we had the volume turned down halfway on each of our phones, but. There's basically like two or three different. Movies. Yeah, so like, you could always tell what was going on in the others. Okay, they're back at the base, or they're having a tender moment, or they're on a heist. Like I was like, "Oh, are you on a heist right now? What chapter are you on?" You know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't know. I love letter from Thief X. I think is okay. Um, there's another the J-pop game I liked much better, and then mm-hmm. there's a one where all the handsome boys are different various. Are all the handsome boys are various demons from Japanese folklore, and they're they they're oh, the the plot for that one is that you are I don't know what your deal is, but you were awakened, and you're some are you a human? You're a human, but you're you are awakened, so there's something special about you, and all these demons show up on your front door, plus some evil ones. Um, and all the dateable options are not evil, but there's also, like, they got to keep you safe from something, right? There's got to be some tension, so there's the evil demons trying to get you, too. Um, but it turns out all these demons want you because they want to they want you to bear their child. So pretty much from the prologue, the whole gist is... Does the word seed ever come up? We're going to have sex. Choose me so we can have sex. <laughs> So we can make a baby because you're awakened and I'm a demon. And the sex in these games has never, like you said, in your version, it's usually just hinted at. The demons are after you. They want to make a baby with you. That's the gist of the game. But like you said earlier, you know, the sex scenes are basically implied. There's mm-hmm. never like any anything real ooky or over the top or explicit. But the boys might joke or make innuendos or tease you sexually a little um, in the same way that Takuto did and some you know some might not at all some might like really respect you and like be very proper and never try to cross those lines or like the fox demon you know is like all winks and jokes and oh those you know like tiny little guys <laughs> so so you once you've played one Otome game, you know what you're getting yourself into. You can look at the the characters and be like, and they always tell you, like, he's the nice, respectful one. He's the big brother type. He's the lady killer, flirty lady killer who, you know, da-da-da. So you know when you pick the one guy, you're going to get, like, you know what experience you're signing up for. Um, 
And like I was saying before, I don't know, there's there's this real balance to Otome games that they usually do a really good job of. Sometimes they don't. Some some games are not as good at, at this, but usually with like Voltage and some of the other big players, uh, especially the games that they've released, translated for the Vita, uh, they do a good job of not being egregiously sexist. There's still some like old-fashioned like benevolent sexism in these games because they do come from Japan, Japan and Japan still has you know a different attitude about a lot of things between men and women and that and that even feeds into what women are looking for in their fantasies and their games and that never yeah. you know you should never shame a woman for or a guy um, but especially a woman for her fantasies um, fantasies are typically so, uh, harmless. There was a big, you know, there was a there, big discussion about this when Fifty Shades of Grey came out. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey is a good example of not <laughs> um, not a great example. Not good writing. Not well, a not good writing, and it be a dangerous precedent to set in women's minds who have don't have any experience in BDSM. That this is what you know boundaries in BDSM looks like, um, mm. but at the same time, I always defended Fifty Shades of Grey because I was like, you know what, this is this Let is this fun. is well, this is a fantasy, and women are reading these books for fantasy, and I sure hope if they're interested in BDSM that they at least Google it and find <laughs> all of the resources out there about how to do it properly and don't use. Fifty Shades of Grey as a primer for BDSM. Just like you shouldn't learn how to have sex from watching porn. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah. So, actually, that um, leads me to something I wanted to talk about is how, uh, in my story at least, the, the the your main character is pretty empowered. She's pretty take charge. Yeah. In a lot of situations, at least in my story. My storyline, not so much. She was a little bit uh, led around. There's a couple. Well, there's a couple great moments where she was like, I'm not going to take this shit. And just like, there's a bit where the other waitresses at the restaurant are basically doing some high school drama crap because, as far as they know, you just appeared suddenly. You appeared at night with Kenshi. He brought you in. You, you live there now. Right. He got you a job as a waitress. You clearly don't have a whole lot of experience. So they're like, whoa, why did. You know, blah blah blah. They're leaving you out of the loop on things, yeah. and then you're like, they're and then trying you're to like, sabotage hey. you. Yeah, they're trying to sabotage yeah. you. So you're like, hey, fuck y'all. Yeah, let's. This is this is children crap. Yeah, and they're and they're all like, whoa, I go, uh, and you're like, hey, if, you, if the plans change, don't just assume Kenshi will tell me because I'm so close to him. Tell me because I work here. Right. And there's a at least another moment where I think you snap at like the the foxes for how they they keep doing stuff that messes with your life. Or there's another bit where you're we had a job we were basically trying to or basically I was in charge of seducing this gross uh target Ew. because he, we had art in his well I was trying to keep him occupied. Okay. <laughs> we had he had art in his home that we were trying to recover. And he I mean he just basically took it too far. Right. He got pre- he got pretty rapey and I clocked oh, him good. real good. I clocked him real good. And uh, that's actually when Kenshi really started to like me. He stopped calling me by my last name and started calling Ooh, me by my first name. Ooh, sir. Which was a bit 
bit of a plot. Yeah. Point. Oh, that reminds me. So you, did you, what did you choose Susie Stewart for your? Name? I always do. So I always. I, chose, co- I, I started. I started with a, like a femaleized version of my own. I went said Lulu Johnson. Right. But then I I switched. I'm like no. I I changed my name to uh, Nacho Bomb. <laughs> I uh, when I was playing, I really like to ruin a serious scene by having the character call me Nacho. Bomb. When I was uh, playing the J-pop one, I originally just flippantly named my character like Glorpus Glompus or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, halfway, once I a- once I actually bought the one route, I was like, okay, I can't be Glorpus Glompus. I changed my name back <laughs> to Susie because it was it was too weird to have this handsome boy like call me Glorpus. And she brushes the hair back from your eyes. <laughs> and he says, don't cry. <laughs> yeah, no. Um... Speaking of eyes, uh, you don't have any. Because that's a... That's a, oh, yeah. You're, that's a dating You're always trope. real nondescript. You usually have brown, really every girl hair. You have no yeah. eyes. And most scenes don't include you as a picture or if you do just sort of in the background looking real featureless right because you're mm-hmm. supposed to try to place yourself in this girl's place so yeah which you know it just makes total sense yeah. it's just it's always you gotta buy when, into the fantasy yeah, yeah. Well, of course you don't want to inject too much personality into that character so you can write your own right for exactly i mean you know, you're gonna make it your own Oh, there's one. So I've pretty much made it through my list, except for one other thing, which is a trope that I love, which is mo- more common in Asian stories, is the obvious crossdresser, or the obvious, the obvious, yeah, the obvious crossdresser, the male or female posing as the as the opposite sex or gender. In this case, the there's a scene where Hero, who is the yeah. Sort of the lady killer, and also the one who basically is their their social. He's their face. He does all sorts of the socialist. He, you know, and he social engineering. He'll play. He'll put on costumes. He's the pretty redhead. He's like he's the youngest. I think he's in yeah, college. Yeah, they, they even make a joke. They even make a joke about how they have you do some physical task. You're like, why don't you just make Hero do it? And like, do you really think Hero could do it? He's like ninety pounds. <laughs> yeah, he's the real. Like, so, so the implication one. is that you are considered to be more physically capable than Hero. <laughs> But there's a great bit where you go to a nightclub. He's a real G dragon of, of this group. Sure is. You go to a nightclub and you're supposed to meet a like the the target that you're you're working with to try and get him, you know, get his art stolen. Mm-hmm. This girl Rose meets you right at the door, and with as soon as I saw her, I'm like, well, that's definitely hero. <laughs> but your character, your character doesn't get it yet. Right. And that's a beautiful example of dramatic irony, right. where you know something the characters don't. Because that's what I love is that they always make it in these stories, like the the person cross dresses or they disguises themselves, and it's, of course, like the audience immediately knows who it is. It's kind of a theater thing, right? Right. Like the characters don't know until some sign they see some sign. Hey, could you turn on the PlayStation and start downloading Uncharted Four? Sure. I mean, I'll do that as best I can. I just can. bought it, and I'm gonna click download to PS4. So it. Yeah, well, so if you turn it on, it should just start downloading. Okay, cool. Yeah. It probably even downloads when a thing's not on. I don't know how future If it's in rest yeah, mode, it should. I don't know. It's the future. The future's weird. Anyway, what were you saying? Mm, pretty much just I really enjoy that. Oh, that, that stage trope, irony. That, that 
That's stage right. anime, yeah. That's like, that, it's a... like really everywhere in K-dramas, especially cross-dressing K-dramas where the girl like goes to the boys' school or whatever. You're like, wait a yeah, second. She's like she's pretty, but she's like a really feminine, beautiful yeah. boy. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I actually might I think now that I especially now that I apparently found that I played that whole game for free. <laughs> I might check out more of these because it totally satisfies that uh, Desire had to play like a non-creepy visual novel, and these these boys are so beautiful that I pract they practically They're are women. Practically ladies, they are so <laughs> so pretty. Yes, they are so pretty. Yeah, I yeah, have, I, I found it. I found the storyline. Uh, yeah, just I found the 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 just the dating, getting to know him and becoming friends with him and all those. Those cute, like I said, those little forced scenarios where you pretty much have no choice but to become more intimate. Right. I enjoyed all that. Yeah. That's the sort of stuff when you're like in high school or something, where you're like a girl that you like or guy that you like. You're like, well, if we were just in this situation, if I could just, if we could both have our rooms near each other at the band, you if know, we could just get locked camp, in the gym storage could, room overnight it, together. Yes, exactly. If we, if we, if this little thing could just happen, it would be. We then we would definitely, we definitely fall in love. Fall in love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Yeah. So I don't know. There's a ton of voltage games. Check out. Check out. It's V O L T A G E. Um, I'm gonna put the links to the love letter from Thief X for both iTunes and Android in the show notes I would say if you're gonna try one don't try this one um, <laughs> this is at least don't play talk well yeah I don't know this one I feel <laughs> I would say that the uh, J-pop one or the demon one is better I don't know maybe you don't want to play the demon one if you're like not into demons trying to mate with you to make a baby um, but the J-pop one is it's all just flavor really I don't know that's a little bit more sexual than a lot of the other ones um, but they are right You, I don't know there's like the boss ones that's weird to me there's the one where you're a high school girl and now you have to take a trip with high school boys um, you know like or you're the only girl in an all boy high school what will happen uh, you know how did this kooky mix up yeah, happen or like yeah or you have a series of butlers who are all very handsome taking after you or taking taking you know taking care oh, yeah, of you that, w- that one was called butler until <laughs> you know then yeah, there's one you know. and then he turns into a ghost <laughs> there's a sh- bunch of where you're a princess and to me that's like insipid and boring I don't whatever <laughs> I would rather play the boss one than the princess one I don't need to be, be a one princess where you're the boss and you've got six handsome guys working for you <laughs> that would be great actually um, maybe there's two different boss games I don't like there's like three princess games two different boss games two high school games two bodyguard games one butler game <laughs> oh there's a pirate game yeah I mean like yeah I, I. No shortage. Oh, we originally talked about playing one of my favorite ones. It's made by an entirely different company, and this company has their games on Steam. In fact, and one of the games that's gotten a lot of attention on Steam is where you, there's an island of geisha, except the geisha are all dudes instead of ladies, and the, yeah, it's like the men of Yoshi. Yeah, and Ara, there's Yoshiwara. there's two versions of this game. And they each have two different sets of characters. 
But my favorite one that this particular company did was the one I played when we were in Iceland over Christmas two years ago. It was called Pub Encounter. And you're a young lady. And yeah, it's the Oh, the art's really Yeah, cool. no, the art and these... the. The company that makes these games, the These art... Boys have such sharp chins. The art is also very good, but they're meant for mature audiences. They're much more um, sexual, or there's a lot more adult topics that are brought up in these games, versus Voltage is typically pretty high school or junior high you know, level of fantasy. But the company who makes... These other games that are available on Steam are meant more for like women in their 20s and 30s. And Pub Encounter, I saw it and I downloaded it as a joke at first, but then I was like, I really like the art and I actually really like these characters. But the gist is, is that you're a young professional woman in your 20s and you stumble one night across a hidden bar kind of in an alley and everyone in there is over the age of 30. They're all dudes and they're all like in their late 30s. 40s, 50s, and then one guy's like in his 60s, and it's an Otome game where you date older dudes who are like at least 20 years older than you. And you know, they they don't get they don't get explicit in the way that boys dating sims get explicit. You know, it's not like gross, but there's definitely a lot more innuendo. There's definitely a lot more um, reference to sex. Uh, and I, if something, I don't know, that's my, that's been my favorite one so far, because it was just so, (laughs) it was just so actually quite sweet, and all of the characters are really believable and sweet, and, you know, they were, they were all older, responsible men who had real jobs and real concerns, and, you know, they, they seemed, they weren't these, like, vapid pretty boys. I mean, they were still very handsome, don't get me wrong. But I'll post that in the show notes. I would recommend that game over A Love Letter from Thief X. Uh, And you can buy it on Steam for $17. But that $17 gets you all of the dude's routes unlocked rather than doing this piecemeal. Because what I did in Iceland was I paid like $4 a route. And I think there's five guys. So I paid about $20 all in all. But I spent two weeks playing this game so it was it was worth the money so it's also a visual novel i mean your choices don't really matter but you're gonna get some giggles out of it oh what was the one we were talking about the barbecue there's another one um that's in process on tusks tusks it's a gay orc dating sim it's still being worked on they've been working on it for like over a year now and i'll post a link to their tumblr um but when i say orcs i mean like actual like fantasy world of warcraft style orcs and it's a gay dating sim so it i don't know who's making it if the world's expanding yeah so but the art looks nice i think they're they they made a really good they did uh, Tusk is doing a really good job of respecting people's boundaries and being sensitive to, you know, uh, consent and people like there's an there's like a orc, I think, who's missing an arm. Um, you know, they're trying to like explore sexuality in a positive way through gay orcs, which is, I guess, a strange sentence I just said. Uh, no, we're still that's, that may all make sense to yeah. me. Yeah. 
So there's, yeah, I would say follow this English Otome Games.net Tumblr. And there's a lot there of a lot of cool stuff out there. The voltage ones are just really accessible and really easy to get to and relatively inexpensive for the amount of enjoyment you get out of them. But don't go walk away thinking that it's just these manga inspired dating games. <laughs> yeah. I guess the I guess it seems like I've I've seen some others. The market for for uh, more for dating sims or visual novels or whatever for guys who want to have females as the the subject and that don't get you know don't turn into a graphic sex right. scene I guess that's expanding but in the meantime I'll always have persona <laughs> exactly a persona and whoa what did you just do over there just knock over knock a pyramid over, of camps knock over a bucket. it's not good podcasting don't talk about it <laughs> Could I just now I have to edit this whole segment out? <laughs> Only to the point where you kick the bucket. Yeah, that which was just on my channel. <laughs> now I have to edit this whole chunk oh, out. Oh god. <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah, I think that's about all that there pretty much is to say about Thief X yeah. and which is basically we're using as representative of, of voltage and Games as it was whole. just an easy yeah. one to do, and Leaf had never played anything like that before. It was a good, this is, yeah, this is like the first time we actually stuck to our rule of picking a game neither of us had played before. <laughs> right, right. I don't... So, yeah, buy, buy a game. Buy one of these games. Uh, oh, they're fun. If you like beautiful manga men, check one of these games out. It will definitely entertain you for an evening. Especially, you know, they're really good if you're on vacation. Uh, and you know you've got time to kill. Voltage games always require a connection. So it's not something that uh, pub encounters didn't. And that's why I played in Iceland. Because I could download it when I had Wi-Fi. And then if the Wi-Fi went out or anything like that, I could just play it. Voltage games always require a connection. So that's one limitation. Um, but if you're like visiting family and you know you're just going to be bored or you got like an hour-long ferry ride or something uh just grab one of these games you know and it'll entertain you or you got a plane ride and you buy the wi-fi on the plane that'll be enough yeah. so um, what, what more do you want out of life just, just a little bit of entertainment will get you just an interactive visual novel yeah so thanks everybody for listening. This has been episode four of two. It's gonna take a lot of episodes before you I don't get that need title to say the episode number. Well, you don't need to say it. I mean, I guess it's not super important, you but just, it is the fourth. One. Yeah, and that's gonna be on the page. You could. No, I was talking about the title. Oh, just say, just till death hit restart. Death, if I say it, just say. I gotta pause, focus, load my gun, and just fire it out there. Yeah, just say the podcast name. Thanks, everybody, for listening nope, to... No, start over. Why? What? You were joking and real non-committal. No, I was trying to... I was, it was flowing. I was trying to... Thanks, everybody, for listening <laughs> to Till Death Hit Restart. I'm Leif And Johnson. I'm Susie Stewart. Goodbye. And, uh... uh oh, I don't have a good phrase from a dating sim game that I was going to put It ended a strong note. <laughs> Go date some boys. Go date some boys. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs>